You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of The Big Short. Michael, how are you? I found something really interesting. The whole housing market is propped up on these bad loans. They will fail. The housing market is rock solid. It's a time bomb. So Mike Burry, who gets his hair cut at Supercuts and doesn't wear shoes, knows more than Alan Greenspan. Dr. Mike Burry, yes, he does. <laughs> you know what? I'm pissed off. American people are getting screwed by the big banks. And I am getting madder and madder. It's unbelievable. Then this guy walks into my office and says, There's some shady stuff going down. All the banks were having a big old party. A few outsiders saw it when no one else could. The whole world economy might collapse. I'm sure the world's banks have more incentives than greed. You're wrong. No one's paying attention. The banks got greedy. And we can profit off of their stupidity. You want to bet against the banks? I think we're either high or having a stroke. Kind of brilliant. Fraud has never, ever worked. Eventually, things go south. When the hell did we forget all that? How can the banks let this happen? It's fueled by stupidity. But that's not stupidity, that's fraud. Tell me the difference between stupid and illegal and I'll have my wife's brother arrested. Do you have any idea what you just did? You just bet against the American economy. If you're wrong, you can lose it all. The banks have defrauded the American people. Now we can kick them in the teeth. Okay, here we go. You target strippers with bad loans. Mm -hmm. No cash rich. Not going to be able to refinance. On all my loans? What do you mean all your loans? I have five houses. Anaconda. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for The Big Short, and the story is as follows. In 2008, Wall Street guru Michael Burry realizes that a number of subprime home loans are in danger of defaulting. Burry bets against the housing market by throwing more than $1 billion of his investors' money into credit default swaps. His actions attract the attention of banker Jared Bennett, hedge fund specialist Mark Baum, and other greedy opportunists. Together, these men make a fortune by taking full advantage of the impending economic collapse in America. The film is starring Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt. It is written and directed by Adam McKay, co-written by Charles Randolph. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Dan Baer. Who's ready for some horse shit. And Nicole Ackman. Hi, everyone. All right, so the big short. Now, the question is, everyone, are you big on this movie or are you short on it? (laughs) But... um... (laughs) That is literally all that it comes down to. And the other main million-dollar question is, did you understand it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. All right. So, Adam McKay, his history with cinema up until this point, (laughs) this is the guy 
who was the director of the following before he made The Big Short. Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy was his directorial debut. Okay, he also did Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, and The Other Guys. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Also, Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. You might be noticing a pattern. And then, (laughs) seemingly out of nowhere, comes The Big Short, a late December release in the 2015 Oscar season race. This film was voted on by the MVP community as a film that we had to review for the 2015 retrospective podcast. I know, I know, because I am on Twitter all the time. (laughs) I know that this film has a very, very divisive opinion about it amongst a lot, a lot of people. I don't know exactly why that is. All I know is how I feel about it. What I don't know is how Dan and Nicole feel about it. So, Nicole, ladies first, what did you think of The Big Short? Okay, so I watched this earlier this week, and it was actually my first viewing. Um, I think I have a kind of weird relationship with Adam McKay films because the first movie that I ever saw by him was Vice, um, which controversially I really liked. Uh, so going into this, I did watch- too. Yeah, FYI, yeah, and I know, I know, I did, I did as well. Yeah. So going into watching this earlier this week, which I will say, like, I uh, my best friend and my former roommate, uh, Andrew, works in finance in New York City. So I have a bit of an insight into this sort of life. And I watched it earlier this week with my um, uh, my father who works in finance, um, which was nice because I could pause it and be like, wait, dad, what's that? Um, Which was very helpful. (laughs) But. I actually really enjoyed it. I think that for me, the kind of style of this movie, which is quite similar to the style of Vice in many ways, just really works for me. But I can also see why some people might not like it. But for me also, like as someone who was in middle school, whenever this, uh, you know, the financial collapse that it kind of illustrates actually happened, I really went into it with very little knowledge. Um, so I felt like I actually kind of learned some stuff. And I did look it up. And, and you know, economists say that it's incredibly accurate. So it's it's an educational endeavor, if nothing else. I'm probably saying this a little too early. I probably should say this later on in the podcast. But I'm going to say it right now. And I'm going to just say for the record that I think the main reason why people have a problem with the Big Short, and they also have a problem with Vice, by the way, is that I don't think people like being talked down to. You know, I don't think people like Adam McKay's version of how he simplifies things and really, really tries to explain it in a way that people understand with, might I add, unlikable characters. I think it's a combination of that and the style, because I can see where, like, the style is a bit off-putting at first, particularly in this, I think somewhat less so in Vice, actually. But, like, you have to really work to pay attention to what's happening. And that's not what some people want to do when they go see a movie, and that's fair. But that means that, like, these films are probably not for them. Not to mention, too, The Big Short is more of a, and maybe you agree, maybe you don't agree, an informational movie more more so than a narrative story. Do you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah, it's not so much tracking the journey of one character from beginning, going through a growth, and how they changed all the way till the end. This is more so, I feel like, Adam McKay's version of, yo, middle America, 
you guys don't understand what the fuck happened. I am here to tell you. And that's it. All right, Dan. (laughs) All right, Dan. There's the sigh. The traditional Dan Bayer sigh. It's become a it's become a trademark at this point. So what did you think ultimately of the big short? Well, we know that sigh generally means I'm not completely down on something, but oh lord, I have issues. And um the I look, the this is an entertaining movie. Yeah, it moves at a clip. You know, like I, one thing that like I really appreciate it is like this does not feel like a lot of others like really serious important movies about like important things that happened in history. You know, like it never once feels stuffy or heavy or you know like a slog to get through. It moves at a clip. It, there is constantly something going on and like i i really really appreciate that adam mckay he just sort of like (laughs) reaches into the you know directorial bag of tricks that has been accruing in cinema since uh, the arrival of the train at la ciotat and just throws absolutely everything at the wall to see what sticks um but It it's almost like I on my you know lesser days I like really question is this a movie or is it just a feature length Vox YouTube video? I kind of agree. It has almost a mockumentary feel to it at times. Yeah, and like yeah. and there was actually a spot early on in the movie where it was doing the handheld camera like mm-hmm. documentary or faux documentary thing. And I was like, Oh really? Um, <laughs> I, I saw this in 2015 and I was kind of evenly split on it. Like I liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, and I watched it for the first time since then, um, a couple nights ago for this. And I think I liked it a bit more than I did, um, back in 20, or I, I felt more positive about it than, what I wrote about it back then seems to indicate, (laughs) (laughs) but on the whole, it really like, I had a similar issue to it, um, that I did back then, which was like, I appreciate everything that Adam McKay is trying to do and make this ridiculously complex material to make it make sense to, I really appreciate that. However, just because I remember Margot Robbie in the bathtub and Anthony Bourdain making fish stew and Selena Gomez playing uh, blackjack does not mean that even two hours after seeing this movie, I remember what those scenes were about or how they relate to everything else that's going on in the movie. Bing, 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 bing. Dan, you are 100% correct, I think. I thank you, Matt. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nicole. I genuinely do believe that even though the intention is there, even though I think the execution is partially there, and I do believe that there is an effort that is paid to try and explain, 
I do not believe that for the layman person of this world that really does not understand this aspect of our society. Um, and I'm one of those people. So I'm speaking from personal experience here. I'm not just mm-hmm. speaking for everybody else. I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> I listen to these explanations from Margot Robbie, from Anthony Bourdain, from Selena Gomez. And I'm hearing how they're explaining all these things. But I'm still not getting it. Instead, what I'm getting is the bigger picture, which is we're being completely fucked over and it is the apocalypse. That's what I'm hearing instead, more so than anything else. Well, so that's not quite like I understood it all while I was watching just fine and it made sense, but it didn't really have any staying power, like what they were saying. I remember that they were I remember those scenes exist. I remember what they were somewhat about, but I don't remember what real life problems they corresponded to. Well, all you have to know, all you have to know, Dan, is that subprime equals shit. Right. Uh, Collateral debt organization is what Burdain speaks about. And the last thing at the uh, blackjack table with Selena Gomez is synthetic CDOs. Now, I say these things because these are the things that they talk about. Now, Dan, can you tell me or Nicole what those actually mean? They are different names of various ways the banking industry has fucked us over to fuel their own greed. And that's my biggest problem with this movie. Like, I didn't need to spend two hours and ten minutes telling me that bankers are pieces of shit with no souls and deep pockets. I mean – Movies have been telling us that since, I mean, God, even all the way back to It's a Wonderful Life, and probably (laughs) even before that. So, like, I, and that's the thing, like, I don't think it's, like, it's time well spent to watch this movie. Yeah, no, I actually agree with you on that. This is one of those movies that I would recommend to anybody. But I can't guarantee that they will actually, A, like it, B, get something out of it. But I'm still going to recommend it. Yeah. Okay. See, I guess part of my thing with it is that, like, as someone who was very young when the events – I mean, not very young, but I was, you know, not paying attention to this sort of thing. I was, like, what, 13? Whenever the events of this movie is depicting happened. um, It gave me at least enough of an understanding that I felt like I – could kind of identify the causes of this collapse. Maybe not on, like, an economics level of, like, someone who, you know, has a degree or works in finance or whatever, but enough that, like, if it came up in a conversation, I would, like, maybe not look like a total idiot. Mm. And I think that this could be, like, a useful tool going forward for, you know, there are going to be kids who watch this movie who are, like, you know, 16, 17, 18 now who that's not even like on their radar like they were toddlers and i think that it could it it could be helpful for people like that who maybe even it it spurs them to actually look it up if that makes sense you know what's the best thing that ever happened to the big short ever what the wolf of wall street two years prior you think i'm gonna tell you why Mm -hmm. there is a degree of toxic masculinity (laughs) people out there who watched that movie yep. thought, oh my God, making money is awesome. Greed is awesome. Fuck yeah, this is the best. And then they get lured into watching The Big Short. Because someone like the character that Ryan Gosling pays, uh, plays in this. Jared Bennett. Jared Bennett 
kind of epitomizes the same uh, type of character that Leonardo DiCaprio plays in The Wolf of Wall Street. Would you agree? A little bit. Yeah. I, I think I think Venet is more self-aware than uh, Jordan, whatever his last name was. Oh, Belfort. yeah, but at, but at first glance, yes. Yeah. So I do think that there is a degree of uh, person out there who watches this then thinking, oh, this is going to be like Wolf of Wall Street. These guys making money, you know, success. Fuck yeah. Mm, maybe. Masculinity, hard rage on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they watch it and they're like, oh, people are really getting screwed over. This sucks. Oh, wait a minute. There's also a degree of remorse felt by some of these characters as well. Hmm. I also appreciate that this shows that, like, you know, as someone who has been around people who work in, you know, this industry and adjacent industries, like, there is this idea that Wolf of Wall Street gives, I think, that, like, everyone who works in it is the Ryan Gosling character. And, like, I know that that is very much not true. Like, there are <laughs> as many people yeah. who are, like, the weird Christian Bale character. You know what I mean? Like, and I think mm-hmm. that it kind of also takes that down that, like, yeah, there are some, you know, like overgrown frat boys working in finance, sure. But there's also all the people who are just a lot better with numbers than they are with people. And I think that like, that's an interesting aspect of it too, is that like, it really does de-glamorize this industry from like every angle. Can we take a moment to appreciate this ensemble cast and how well, amazingly well cast this movie is? I had to double check that that was Brad Pitt. I'm not going to lie. Hey, everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but you are listening to a preview of the full hour and a half review of the 2015 film The Big Short here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon page for Next Best Picture and subscribe for $1 minimum a month. You will get this review and other exclusive podcast content as well. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, as well as Spotify. And be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you really like the show. Rate us five stars and let us know. Let us feel the love. We really, really appreciate all of your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Next time.